So we've been looking uh, this summer at the life of Jacob. We're going to do that for uh, a couple of more weeks. We are up to um, the part of the story where uh, Jacob, uh, after serving uh, his father-in-law, and now he's a man with property and um, wives and children, uh, is heading back to uh, his home. Um, and, you know, one of the things that happens to us is we, we read uh, that he's been at this for 20 years. And so um, I, as we read this and think about the case that he's going to make to his father-in-law that he should be able to um, go home, think about what you were doing 20 years ago. Uh, Marty reminded me that 20 years ago this summer, uh, I uh, recognized reality and cut all my hair off because um, I was starting to look like the comb-over guy. And um, how can you get people to believe you if your hair is lying, right? So uh, I didn't want to be that guy anymore. So she did not want me to cut my hair off because... She remembers when it was attractive uh, and still looks at me that way. And I was like, no. She went away for a few days, and while she was gone, I went to Bubba's and had Bubba take me down to the, you know, the skin. So been that way for 20 years now. So some of you don't even remember what I look like with hair. You know, I don't even remember what I look like with hair. But it was 20 years ago. So... It's important for us to think about that, what those 20 years were like, living, working for someone who cheats you, lies to you, steals from you. Uh, and so we're going to uh, hear from him today as he's making his case uh, to his father-in-law, because what happens is uh, he notices that his uh, father-in-law is not looking at him and treating him the same way. His brothers-in-law... Uh, fearing that Jacob is going to steal their inheritance, are turned against him. And God says to him in a dream, you know, hey, maybe it's time for you to leave. So he secretly leaves. Laban finds out about it, his father-in-law, and pursues him and catches up to him a week later. And they have a confrontation. Uh, now, in the midst of that, as Laban is pursuing Jacob, and by the way, I'm telling you all this because I was going to put the whole chapter in the bulletin, uh, but Becca, uh, who does the bulletin, said to me, like, do you really want to put all those words in there? Uh, and so it's a lot. So uh, we're just going to read the, a, a pertinent part of this. But as uh, um, Laban pursues Jacob, and God tells Laban in a dream, leave him alone, leave Jacob alone. He's mine. And so what we're going to read here in just a couple of minutes is uh, Jacob's kind of uh, case to his father-in-law for letting him go. Um, and you may think, this is, what does this have to do with my life? Well, it has everything to do with your life. And uh, we'll, we'll see that here in just a second. But before I read the text, let me pray. And then we'll uh, look at what God has for us. Father, we thank you today that 20 years to us may seem overwhelming, but to you, it's not even the blink of an eye. And your pursuit, your faithfulness, your grace, your mercy, your redemption, your promise 
never pales, never weakens, never wavers. And so I pray that you would encourage us with that today. And Lord, I pray today for those of us who are anxious or cynical, bitter, uh, sad, uh, that uh, we would be uh, reminded today of, um, as Jacob says, you're on our side. Would you help us with that today, we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Genesis 31, uh, verses 38 through 42. Uh, it's in the bulletin, also up on the screens behind me. Uh, this is God's word. We should hear it and respond to it as such this morning. This is Jacob speaking to his father-in-law. These 20 years I have been with you, your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried, and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. What was torn by wild beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. From my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was. By day the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. Um, quite a case he's making here. These 20 years I have been in your house, I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages 10 times. And here's the kicker. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, Surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. So it's a, 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 a pretty important uh, thing for us to uh, think a little bit about this. And one of the things that, that about, about this text that makes it so difficult for us, beyond the fact that they're talking about ewes and rams, and he's got two wives, and his uncle is his father-in-law, and all of those things that we could get down the little rabbit holes uh, to think about. The thing that's so important about this text, and the theme, thing that's so key for us to get today, is to look at Jacob and to see he has changed. We don't believe in change. We're very deterministic in the way in which we look at people. We think that um, the way uh, we are, the way we have been, uh, many uh, factors and things that uh, shaped us are irrevocable and we are the way we are period. And some of that it's true. But what we have to see here and why this is such an important text is that here Jacob is 20 years later. 20 years before this, he steals from his brother, he lies to his dad, he schemes with his mother, and he has to flee for his life. On his way, fleeing for his life, God comes to him in a dream, and it's the Jacob's ladder where he sees the angels coming and going there, and God makes a promise to Jacob that he'll be with him, that he'll protect him, that he'll provide for him, that he'll see to the fact that he will eventually restore him back to his land, and that he can trust this God. And Jacob says, well, if, if you're really going to do that, then fine, I'll give you 10%. And so Jacob goes, and he gets cheated, and then he also tries to manipulate some things his own way, and so here we see him now, 
20 years later. And what we see him doing 20 years later is something that at the beginning of this story, we would have never believed possible. And that is that Jacob is bearing witness to the faithfulness and the love of God. Who would have dreamed that? Who would have dreamed that this schemer, thieving, uh, lying boy now is able to stand in front of his wives and in front of his children and in front of his father-in-law and declare that God has been with him and that God is for him. And then he says the thing that for many of us might actually even be offensive. God has been on my side. Ooh, we wouldn't, when we hear somebody say, God's on my side, what do we think? Boastful, prideful, people we should avoid, people that uh, might be scary, right? But the thing, the thing that we see here in the midst of this is, is Jacob says that God is on his side. He's not crediting himself in that in any way. He is, and he's recognizing that over these 20 years that God was on his side didn't mean that everything went his way or that everything was coming up roses or that he was rich and beautiful and all of those sorts of things. What it meant is in the midst of his oppression, I mean, imagine the pressure of living with your father-in-law who is lying and cheating you every day. And yet, what he can say here after 20 years is, over 20 years, you remember God, God made those promises to me, he kept them. God has been on my side. He has been for me, he has been with me. And there's a sense in which what you're beginning to see in Jacob's character is, is that God is changing him. God has used all of these past experiences. He's used the fact that he was a cheat and a thief, and now he has been cheated and been stolen from, that he is, through the midst of that, he can take a breath, it's been 20 years, and he can say, you know what? God's been on my side. He's for me. And I don't, you know, and, and, and that is a, that, that issues in his confidence, but also in his humility. And the fact that he recognizes that through it all, if God had not been with him, if God had not been on his side, if God had not kept his promise to him, he would have nothing and he would be absolutely lost. It's okay to believe God's on your side. Not because you're great. Not because you're better than anybody else. In fact, as we see here, Jacob's worse than most. But he takes the time after 20 years to be able to say, I look back over my life and there's a record of God's faithfulness to me. Now, I want to tell you something about that that's hard for us. Uh, we like things to be fast, instant, quick. Right? We want what we want. We want it now. Because, you know, pain is terrible. You don't want to live with pain. You want it quick, fixed quickly. Hunger, don't like to wait on my food. Right? Um, so much of, of our lives is we want things to happen quickly. 
And because we are so driven by what is happening to us right now, it is hard for us to square sometimes our present reality with a, a wider view, a longer view, a broader view of the fact that God has been with us. And that is why, contrary to everything else we think in the world, we need old people. <laughs> and I know that, you know, because I'm getting to be one, I know this seems very self-serving, but I confess to you that I have disregarded people older than me most of my life. I have viewed them as necessary burdens. Yeah. And certainly in our culture today, you know, what is new and exciting, what is fresh, and all of those things are good, but the fact is, uh, new uh, is one thing. But when you're living life and you need someone to come alongside you and tell you, listen, God is faithful. I know he has a track record over years with me. That doesn't mean old people are better than young people or young people are less than older people. We need each other. But the fact is, having someone like a Jacob who now is not a young man anymore. He's 20 years in the midst of this situation that he's been in and he can say, I can look back over my life and I can say over these years, God has been good to me. He has been faithful to me. He's changed me. He made promises to me, and he kept those promises. You see, that, that, is, that is one of the things that we, we, we tend to not pay much attention to. I have reached the stage in my life where my children remind me uh, regularly, like, you already told me that. You already told me that. You know, you already told me that. Don't you remember you already told me that? You already told me that? Yeah, I already told you that. You know what? I'm going to tell you again. And again, and again, because this message of the fact that if God were not on my side, that if he had not been faithful to me, if the grace of God had not been real and fresh and, and re active in my life, I wouldn't be here. You need to hear that every day. And I don't care if you get tired of it, because it's the truth, right? And so Jacob, here he is at the end of his life, or not at the end of his life, in the middle of his life, but he's got a 20-year record now that God has done all this work for him. We need that. We need that. We, we need uh, to be able to stop what we're doing in the midst of our anxiety and our cynicism and our bitterness and our fears and our questions and our hurts and say, you know what? God is not gone. He is actually with us. And you know what? Humbly, carefully, I can see he has been on my side. Psalm, David recognizes this in Psalm 124 where he says this. Uh, this I think this is a great psalm and it's uh, short and it would be worth 
you memorizing if you do that kind of thing. He says this, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, in other words, hey, listen, repeat after me. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. You know, that, that, that is, uh, uh, the thing that I love about that is, is that David is saying just exactly the same thing that Jacob is saying. In all of my struggle and difficulty and conflict and, and, and uh, the, the challenges that I have faced, I can see now over time that the Lord has been with me, that he's been faithful, that he has loved me, that he has been on my side. And he can say that in a way to say that the, it's not because I'm great or because, uh, if, if anything, the Lord is on our side because we're so weak. Because his heart is attracted to the weak and the, uh, uh, the Jacobs of the world. God has been with him. He can recognize that. And even as he goes through the, the, the life that he's going through here, he can see, even as he's making his case, to his father-in-law. God's been on my side. He's cared for me. He's provided for me. He's good. He kept his promise. And that's changing, Jacob. What's it like to have God on your side? Um, when I was uh, a junior in, in college, I uh, fell into this job where I was a junior hall counselor. Uh, they would select a number of students every year to, to be in charge of, uh, well, I had 23 freshman guys I was in charge of, terrifying prospect, like I was the mature one, and um, on my hall that year were a number of athletes, one was the number one football recruit, 6'5", 240, 250, big, dumb guy, uh, the football coach even came after his parents dropped him off and said, you need to make sure this kid gets to class. You need to make sure he's studying. You need to make sure he gets to bed at night. You know, on and on and on. I'm like, well, I got 22 other guys to take care of too. Uh, and he was a challenge. They were all challenges, but he was a big challenge. That winter, we uh, were uh, our hall organized uh, uh, as part of our intramural basketball league. We had a basketball team named the Toads uh, that said a lot about us. Uh, but this guy wanted to play on our basketball team, and he did. Six five, wasn't very good, but he didn't have to be very good uh, because no one else was remotely that big in our league, and so we won the league championship. Uh, we averaged in an intramural league in college over 70 points a game. <laughs> we killed everybody, literally. Uh, a guy went in for a layup in one of our games, and our center, 6'5", 240, went up to block it, and he blocked his layup so hard that he dislocated the guy's arm. <laughs> Looked like his arm was coming out of his back. 
He was right, but that's what it's like to have God on your side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We weren't any good. I know it makes some of us uncomfortable because, you know, people claim that God is on their side and they use that to, un, uh, to cover or to excuse or to justify horrible evil. But when you have been oppressed for 20 years and been under the thumb of this man who basically owns you, and you look back and you see the fact that God has been with you, has provided for you, and that you're actually even here today, uh, you can say, if it, God had not been on my side, I wouldn't have made it. And so Jacob, as he uh, faces uh, uh, his father-in-law, as he faces his wives and his kids, he can bear witness to the fact that God made a promise and he kept it. Next slide. So the question is, you know, is God on your side or not? That doesn't mean that uh, you're uh, perfect or that uh, you never make any mistakes or you never sin. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't believe that God is on your side, then you have to ask the question of what actually do you believe about him? Do you believe that he stands apart from you until you do right? Do you believe that he somehow or other makes his grace and his mercy to you uh, so conditional that you have to be a certain way? God has been faithful to Jacob. God is faithful to us. And the fact of the matter is, as Paul writes in Romans, if God, who, did, who, who spared not his only son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not give us all things? He's on our side. The cross is the definitive word of God to us, that he is on our side. And his empty tomb, Jesus' empty tomb, is the definitive word to us that God will keep his promises, that he will be with us, and that he will be for us. And that's our hope. That's our trust. And so how does remembering help us know that God is with us? Because the fact is, what we do as the people of God is we, we have a story to tell. We have a story to tell of the faithfulness of God, the love of God manifest to us in Jesus Christ and worked out in the time and the space of our daily lives. And, and it's hard for us sometimes to see that in the immediacy of what's happening in our lives. But the truth of the matter is there's an arc, there's a trajectory, there is a long direction in our lives where God is working out his faithful and good plan for us. And so today you may be in a situation where you're fearing a diagnosis or you're fearing a, uh, a, a, a relational difficulty or you're fearing someone uh, who uh, may be against you. I'm here to tell you today that if you belong to Jesus Christ and he belongs to you, his promise to you is still sure and he is still with you and he is still for you and you can trust him. If Jesus Christ died for you and he set his love for you, on you, if Jesus Christ rose again from the dead, listen, listen. Even if you're cold, hardened, cynical, 
Everything's going to be fine. It is. In the end, it's going to be fine. And you can trust that it will be. And you, just like Jacob, will have a story to tell of God's faithfulness, of him keeping his promise, of the love of God manifest to you, and that indeed, through the ups and downs, the good days and the bad days, God was with you. He was for you. He was on your side. And so the great thing about having a track record The great thing about having a testimony, the great thing about having some space and time uh, with uh, the faithfulness of God to you is, is that you can see and you can remember, today is hard, but I remember other hard days where the Lord was with me. Today has its challenges, but I remember and can bear witness to the fact that Jesus has been with me through all of those. That's why, as we come to the table today, uh, we have an opportunity to remember, right? Hear these words of institution. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Let's confess our sins. Almighty God, you are full of grace and truth, but our faith is weak, and we have not understood your sovereign rule in our lives. We have occupied ourselves with our own concerns instead of submitting to your word. We have sought our own glory instead of obeying your law. We have not waited to find your will for us. We have been given to the fear of man and rocked by uncertainty. We have not noticed the needs of others around us. We have not trusted your favor. Father, forgive us for our sins against you. Lord Jesus, lead us to follow you as Lord. Grant us your Holy Spirit that your good hand might be upon us. Amen. Brothers and sisters, hear these words of encouragement. Rejoice and exult with all your heart. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On the night in which